Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Excellence Cartel. Today, we are joined by the one, the only, I don't even want to say the almighty, but Vince oh. Pitstick. <laughs> Today, we're going to be discussing overactive immune disorder. Uh, this is a hot topic in the industry. It's something that I believe you coined, actually. And because we want to talk about this, um, we're going to skip our last seven days. So let's get into this. Like, What is overactive immune disorder and how did you arrive at at creating this quote unquote, I guess, clinical diagnosis would be a fair thing to say. Yeah. So, well, first, good to see you, all you gentlemen. Great. Oh, to it's be beautiful back. to see you. I know. Four horsemen yeah. in the room. Oh, yep. Yeah. Like, uh, it's good to see you. I know we only get to do presentations sometimes. I don't get to talk to you all. Uh, so, I'm glad to be back. And, you know, for, so for anybody listening, let's kind of take the journey of so people can understand where, like, where do you just make uh, concepts out of thin air and, and why would you discuss this topic? And what does the immune system have to do with some of the other topics that you discuss on this uh, great podcast that you all have? And the journey starts 15, 17 years ago. Um, and what I want people to understand first is this. I think when we talk about this topic, it's relatively complicated, but we can talk about some very simple terms. And the first thing that I want people to acknowledge is that weight loss resistance is real. I'm in light company here. Everybody understands that it is very real, that the adaptive system of the body can upregulate or downregulate its metabolic ability based on your environment. Okay. That does not violate the law of CICO. Yes. Energy in and energy out have to be equal. Um, but your body can certainly turn down and turn up how much energy it produces in a day, which will severely dictate uh, your weight, right? So how this starts is at weight, essentially, because I want people to understand if you go into a caloric deficit, if you drop your calories 500 below your, your standard or 500 below, maybe we'll say basal metabolic rate, and you don't lose weight for a consistent period of time, let's say three, four, five weeks, then you drop your calories again and don't lose again, in my opinion, my professional opinion, after seeing this for so many years, that should indicate a disease marker. Weight loss resistance or extremely inefficient metabolism shouldn't be looked any different than high blood pressure, high triglycerides, uh, uh, high, high fasting glucose. I um, think that's fair. That's a fair right? Fair way. The way you're framing this is very fair. I like it. Keep, yeah, keep going with this. There's a reason I, I want, and I want to bring national awareness to this because you and all the gentlemen in this room are on the front lines of a condition that the world doesn't know is coming. This is what my whole thing is about. We deal with weight loss as a business, but majority of society is dealing with other things and weight are involved too. Like meaning like, so for example, They'll go, oh, someone's got weight loss. They don't lose weight because they have obesity or they've got diabetes or whatever. But nobody is specifically dealing with this problem and day in and day out like the modern coach, right? So it's not getting the national recognition because it's being confused with other things. Oh, because when they look at the data, right? When, when you look at the data that does exist on weight loss issues, what does the data say? Data says that in general, People are miscalculating uh, their macros. They're overeating on accident um, and they're not being active enough. Would we all agree with this? The general literature says that or, uh -huh. or no? Just, we can please feel free at any point just to tell me to shut up and you can no. your keep going. Okay. Nope. There's a reason for this. And I've identified why, because for the hardest, longest time, it's like every coach who's been coaching for at least a year in clinical evidence, which when I say clinical evidence, I mean, what you, what you see with your clients. Okay. 
sees behavioral issues uh, with the body that it that they know isn't being described in the literature. Okay, meaning that like you're telling me one thing in the literature, but I'm seeing something else in actual practice. And this happens in medicine. It happens in nutrition. It happens all over the place. The the difference is, and what I want people to understand why clinical evidence is just as important as scientific evidence, and we need to look at both of them, is because when scientific research is looking at certain populations. And if you understand, and I think you've had other uh, uh, great speakers that have probably come in and talked about this, where they're getting their research participants is, is not totally an accurate description of the average American, mm-hmm. okay? So when if you guys look in, it would be great for you to do another podcast on how research participants are gathered. This would help us unwind the mystery of why research says to do this, but when I do that with my client, it doesn't work, right? And most of it has to do with who they're researching is not who your client is, okay? And maybe that's not where your client is in their lifestyle. So the reason I'm sharing this with you is because a lot of people in this country today, more than we can imagine at this point, are beginning to experience symptoms of weight loss resistance, and they're attributing it to, oh, I'm just lax with my diet, or, oh, I'm, you know, I I haven't been as committed to my healthy lifestyle. And what I would say to that is, is that if you look at the data and the trends, like in biomass, like go to biomass in the United States, per capita, the United States has the fastest growing biomass than in the world, which is just general tissue, right? Right? Non-skeletal tissue. And, and yes, our calories are higher than a lot of countries, but not all countries. And at some point, the law of thermodynamics should kick in, meaning that after I gain a certain amount of weight, my calories are not equally going up at the rate that I'm growing in in my weight, right? My, and so why, why is it, and, and, and the other thing you need to understand is that this is primarily happening to women, which are underrepresented in research. Only one third, one third of research funding goes to specifically women, and women are even outnumbered in research participants in women-related diseases. We test more men in women-related diseases than we do women for women's-related diseases. This this becomes important, right? So what happens is these undiagnosed conditions start to grow in smaller populations and expand, and we won't figure out about them because of who we choose for our research participants, which are primarily male, obese males, who are under stress, meaning they don't aren't active and don't have a lot of responsibility and are eating pro-inflammatory food. So if you were to just look at those individuals, it would make sense that like, oh, they're just overeating, which is why they're overweight. Mm-hmm. That does not translate to the modern female who's on birth control, stressed out, starves herself twice a year, and has a multitude of other issues going on. So this is how the medical community can get an idea about why something is happening. But yet when we're on the ground floor, on the front lines, we're seeing something entirely different. And we're like, why is nobody else saying this? Why is other people saying this isn't real? And so what I am trying to do is bring national attention to, if you are gaining weight, particularly as a female on the same calories in general and the same 
like activity lifestyle and then you attempt to drop weight, meaning 500 calories below what your average caloric intake is now, and you can't lose weight for three to four weeks, that that is the first indicator right there that should be just like high triglycerides, high glucose, high blood pressure. Because if people recognize that and don't just blow it off like, oh, my metabolism slowing down. Oh, maybe I don't, maybe I wasn't paying too close of attention. If we make it urgent, then they will seek advice or seek help because it's when it goes on for a prolonged period of time that people start to find themselves in disease states, right? So I want it to be recognized that if you are having a hard time losing weight, take it seriously. It may just be that you're an idiot, excuse my language, and like aren't tracking. Oh, we don't give a fuck, say whatever. Right. It could be. But in but what we're seeing, and every coach in this room is, and every coach listening to this is, is that a greater, greater portion of your clients are having unexplained conditions. Would anybody disagree with that? No. I, I can I just say one thing real quick? Cause I, I wanna yeah. before we get in that. Actually, go ahead and say what you want to say, Jeff, and then I might play off that. I mean, I agree with what Vince is saying in the sense that I'm seeing that in my clientele, but I also see a lot of my clientele who just can't stop binge eating or they just can't figure out a a simple, you know, macros app to track and they go on vacations and they got to feed their kids. The kids want to eat the same thing. They don't want to eat the same thing that they're eating. So there's these basic issues, right? Yeah. But, you know, I also had a, so to your point, Vince, you know, the modern female struggling with weight loss, you know, she's also trying intermittent fasting. She's been trying to lose weight for like, you know, I think most women spend 17 years of their lives trying to lose weight or they will spend 17 years. Mm -hmm. And this woman is, you know, pounding caffeine, four or five coffees a day, intermittent fasting, training fasted, working out six, seven days a week just came off a birth control, high stress job, relationship stress. So these are the things that aren't being addressed in the doctor's office. Because if you walk into a doctor's office with a client slash patient like that, and the doctor says, yeah, just go eat less and do more. That's not the right answer. Right. Uh, We all, we can all agree on that. But then there's a whole bunch of just like overweight people who just don't understand the basics. I deal with a lot of clients like that. And those people, I wouldn't categorize as weight loss resistant, I would say that they just haven't like stuck to any decent program for like longer than two months. Um, But to your point, weight loss resistance is real and it is a combination of so many different systems of the body, just like PCOS isn't just like a, like a disease that, you know, just, you know, stops ovulation and, and you you don't get your period or you're infertile. There's inflammation, there's, there's lipid dysregulation. There's a whole bunch of feeders into that, disease state, just like there is. Well, well, there's, there's different layers to a functional client. And that's where I see a lot of people arguing on the internet anymore. And it's fucking annoying. Like Jeff, you get a lot of beginners or people that didn't abuse their body. They've just eaten like shit and maybe in yeah. a surplus. So you control the, the, the simple things and their body's going to, you know, respond. I get the people. But I would argue real quick. I want to get back to that. Jay, I'm going to argue that what he's talking about when you deescalate those things, the number one thing he's working on, whether he knows it or not, is the immune system. That's what I'm That's what I'm going to get to. I'm going to make my point later. He's not wrong. He's right. We're both right. And we're talking about two different parts. But when you de-escalate, when you remove stress and you get him just eating balance and you get him eating in a healthy diet, guess what you're doing? You're de-escalating immunologically related stress. So it is the same process 
we can still talk about two different populations, but I want people to understand fundamentally the reason people start having a slower weight or less weight loss response. Like he said, like people, when they're younger, they can drop 500 calories. They'll lose three pounds, right? Boom. Right. Like as they get older, even if they can't stay on a program, they should still drop weight when they reduce their calories, but it starts getting worse and worse and worse. Why is that? That's the question. And medicine has said it's age. It is not age. Yeah. It is not age. It is. This is why I'm telling you it is their immune system. Now, is it bad enough to Jeff's point? And I love that Jeff did this because Jeff, all the things that you said before about <clears throat> overtraining, whether you overtrain or you undertrain and then just eat from the couch, both are pro-inflammatory. But yes. what are they? What are they kicking up? Yeah. T and B cells, mm -hmm. M1 macrophages. So ironically, this is why a pre-diabetic from eating Doritos or someone who trains five, six days a week and doesn't sleep can have the same blood glucose levels because they're both activating the immune system from different ends of the spectrum. And that's what I kind of is the nice tying yeah. bind between what Jeff's saying and what I'm saying, but Jeff's also correct. You still have to start fundamentals. I don't want people. And I think Jeff, I love that he's got that angle because we don't want to get lost in big names and big concepts and then forget like, Hey, have you just even dealt with your mindset? Have you dealt with your day to day? I don't want them getting lost just because they couldn't lose a few pounds coming over to my program, buying a $4,000 program because they think they have a disease when they just haven't told the truth to themselves about following a process. So mm -hmm. Jeff's definitely right. But what I want to connect to everybody on this call is that it's all immunological. That's the truth and the discovery that I have made after 18 years of coaching and looking at everything across the board. I hated to cut you off, Jay. I just didn't want to lose that very important point that actually tied everything together. So please, brother. Sorry about that. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, that, that was a good tie-in, actually. Um, you know, I was just saying I was seeing, you know, where, you know, people are arguing about, well, you have to do basics and you have to do this. And then, no, you got you to gotta jump into this and that. And it's, 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 it's both. Like, <clears throat> it, it just depends, like, what client you have and where you're going. But, like, I start with basics on a tough case too like are you getting your water in are you but most of them are doing it whereas like the people jeff's getting they're probably not doing it um but it just seems like there's like this argument on the internet about like you know are people getting too difficult and this and like well i mean it's a more difficult case so yeah i'm going to cover all the bases and basics but then i got to go further than that that's not getting them weight loss you know so that's all but my my hang up though jason i i agree with you jason my hang up is this so i just this new client that i just got right She's like a, I'll give you a little bit of backstory. She's a corporate lawyer, just signed on. She's been trying so many different programs, does intermittent fasting, caffeine addict, trains all the time, high stress, all this stuff, right? And then she asked him today, she was like, what about Ozempic? What if, could I take that? I was like, no, you can't take that. You yeah. need to like taper down your caffeine, take two weeks off from the gym, blah, 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 all the stuff that we would say, right? Yeah. So my fear is that, we, we're seeing a lot of, you know, med spas now, just see like anybody <clears throat> hands on, on, a, on a GLP-1 RA, they're, they're prescribing it. So these people, obviously humans love quick fixes. So a lot of people are, you know, doing this stuff and not listening to our message here about the basics. And then that's when I'm like, oh, fuck, this isn't good, you know? Yeah. So on, on that point, if anyone, whoever's listening, if you're not a coach yet and you've ever thought about getting in, Now's the time because after this winter of five years of abuse of semaglutide passes, just like every other drug that's ever come, whether it's been um, uh, HCG, whether it's been uh, one of the one of the one of the um, 
amphetamines, the little metformin run that we had, no one ingredient is going to, is going to reinvent and improve mitochondrial function without lifestyle intervention and a process over time. You can never trick the body for long. It will learn what you're doing and then it will acclimate. And when it acclimates, it'll make you worse than when you were before you started. Um, and I mean, so I, you're seeing it with Ozempic now. So if you yeah. become a coach, you're going to need functional tools to fix people after they F themselves up over this next five years Ozempic craze. I'm sure the FDA is going to step in at some point because it always happens, right? Something gets popular, ephedra, um, you know, um, what's the diet pills? What's the... Um, Ventramine. Um, it's the same game over again. They're all tools, but then mm -hmm. they just get abused because that's what human nature is. We don't want to deal and look at ourselves in the mirror. We just want to take the next thing and be done with it. And that's just well, I'm, I'm getting the new a new stock of cases now. You know, that's a good point. I'm getting them where they've been on Ozempic and they haven't lost. And it's because they didn't lower inflammation. They didn't get fed up. They right. didn't do anything. And so yeah. they just put them on it. And it's not working. And so they're coming to me like, why the hell isn't this working? My girlfriend got on it. And I'm like, well, maybe she didn't have the same stress as you. Maybe she didn't have the inflammation. Maybe this wasn't going on. And so we just have to start all at the beginning and and pull her down slowly and then and go back in later. But um, I'm seeing a ton of people that aren't responding. Jason, those people that are non-responders, this is what I'm telling you. The danger when people can't lose weight with some of those methods, the danger those are people are in. Every coach has seen it on this call where – Somebody says, oh, I started not being able to lose weight. And then all of a sudden I started getting random anxiety. And then all of a sudden I started having gut issues. And then all of a sudden I started looking watery all the time. And then all of a sudden my brain fog is higher. Then all of a sudden, then guess what happens? Guess what comes along? The vaccine knocks them over or they get some disease or they get, they have to get their uterus out because of a hysterectomy or what I'm trying to tell you in the timeline, I've looked over 31,000 case histories in my career, 31,000 from people who just didn't know how to diet normally to people who did diet normally and it still wasn't working. And it's, it's the same trajectory that I'm seeing. It's the same similar pattern. And then when we look out at the research and know that all these areas, infertility, um, diabetes, gut issues, they're all growing almost at the same rate. And my argument is because it's not either one hypothyroidism. Yeah. My argument, it's none of those things. Those are symptoms just like, just like if I have high blood pressure or waist to hip ratio, that's too high or high triglycerides or high blood glucose. You know, if I've got four out of any of the, the nine markers, what do I actually have? I don't have a blood pressure issue. I have metabolic syndrome. Yeah. And what OID is, is the metabolic syndrome of the unexplained pro-inflammatory environment that everybody seems to be under. What I'm saying is, it's like if I have hypothyroidism, no, you don't. You have, you have a symptom of OID, which is hypothyroidism. That's what I'm trying to explain. When the immune system gets too involved because of too much stress, it pulls down the endocrine system. So when you look, when you look at a thyroid panel and it shows hypo, it could have been malnourishment. Don't get me wrong right? It's pretty hard to get that malnourished to drive it down, but except for iodine, iodine is definitely the big one, but, but yeah. outside of malnourishment. Okay. Why is my thyroid low? It's stressed out. Why is it stressed out? Well, they say, well, maybe because of cortisol. No, if your cortisol gets too high for too long, do you know what gets over recruited in the research? TMB cells and M1 macrophages. 
So what I'm trying to share with you is that when you look at when you're looking at the thyroid, you're not looking at, at a reflection of the thyroid. You're looking at a window into the immune system. And Man. that's why OID is so revolutionary. What I'm trying to get people to understand is what they're really looking at at the surface is just a bunch of symptoms. And that underneath that, if we don't quell the immunological inflammation, the linear progression of the disease just keeps coming. We've all seen it where someone had gut issues, they cleaned it up. Then they, then that now they have this issue. They clean it up. It comes back. Hey, and, hey, you know, yeah. Sorry, I, go ahead. I'm I want to roll here. I want to tie I'm, this. I'm on a roll. I'm sorry. I want to tie. I want to tie this in for our listeners where we're at right now. Sorry. So, so we got stress. We know that. And then, and then this this recruits the immune system. I want you. I've heard you speak on this, but I want you to kind of give a little bit of background to our listeners. Why does the immune system kick up in times of stress? And I think mm -hmm. that's, you know, has to do with macrophages, leukocytes and all these things. But why do those get, you know, is it the inflammation that it's trying to stamp out or what causes it to get in involved here? Events, yeah. can I chime in? Can you also touch on senescent cells on top of that? Yeah. So we'll get the senescent cells comes in secondary. Yeah. Uh, it starts with immunological recruitment and triggering. Mm -hmm. So, so it, the human body is an incredible machine. It can deal with any one stressor in a significant volume for a very long time, you could be a very, you could be in a relationship that is, um, uh, my temperature on my camera, uh, team, it might drop down. We'll see if it, if, oh, I'll have to turn it back on and off. I'm sorry, team. It gets too hot. I mean, I'm sorry. I apologize. Oh, no. A quick commercial break here. It froze up a little bit. Sorry, we can pause it. Trying to get the uh, light. The body can deal with any one stressor for a significant period of time. All of us have met people that have been in toxic relationships for five years and their body seems to hold up. There's people that smoke for 20 years and nothing happens. There's people that eat junk for 20 years, nothing happens. But the minute that two major stressors cross at any one time, so that same smoker all of a sudden has a family member die, then you see they get lung cancer or a system falls apart or something happens. So it's at the intersection of two major stressors that we begin to see these weird um, symptoms that happen in individuals. So when the body gets a perceived stressor, it could be chemical, it could be emotional, or it could be physical. So if I train too much, I train too little. If I smoke too many cigarettes or, you know, or in the physical realm, maybe I'm, you know, I'm in sports or maybe I'm working too much or, I, you know, whatever. I work in a factory, I'm working too many hours. As soon as that stress trigger hits, the immune system does not know the difference between an existential threat or a normal lifestyle process. So it has to go search this out. Well, you've got two parts of the immune system, essentially. You've got three, which one is your skin. That's your first layer um, of protection. Your second layer is your innate immune system. That's, um, again, I don't want to get too deep, but this is like your neutrophils. Um, this is uh, different parts. They're called leukocytes, essentially, which is like a, all your white blood cells. And then you have your adaptive immune system, okay? Your adaptive immune system are lymphocytes. And so whenever anyone gets sick, I just want people to understand this. Whenever you get sick and your innate, innate immune system gets activated, you do not feel that at first. Eosinophils, neutrophils, you don't feel that. They call that the loading period. Let's take, can I say the C word here? Uh, where, take COVID, for example. People really didn't get shut down feeling sick till how many days in? four to seven, right? Yeah. And then you wouldn't see people die till about that seven to 10. And that's because when 
T and B cells get activated after the innate immune system, they are the ones that create a lot of pro-inflammatory cytokines. They're the heavy lifters, right? So they draw in a lot of inflammation when they move around the body, okay? And unfortunately, if you already have a weak spot in your armor, if you already have something wrong with your heart or your lungs and the T and B cells create a cytokine storm, that's how that system gets shut down, right? So that, I hope that helps. So whenever you have a prolonged stressor, your body can't tell what it is. And so it starts recruiting lymphocytes. That's why chronic stress, right? Anything acute, anything that's short never recruits the T and B cells for the most part. So it's like, you know, if I diet really hard for six to eight weeks, if I, you know, if I drank my ass off for three days straight, like, yeah, I wouldn't feel very good, but it's not going to lead to anything long-term, right? Mm -hmm. But once the T and B cells are recruited, now you've got a secondary driver of inflammation in and of itself. You could quit the smoking, but the inflammation from the T and B cells is still going. So you're generating inflammation from those immune cells inside of your body. Okay. So this is kind of how the immune system gets over-recruited in prolonged stress events or lifestyle behaviors. <clears throat> Once they start going, they create memory T and B cells. So they keep recreating themselves. Now, typically what should happen is after the infection is gone, if we are going to talk about an infection, your body would stop making memory T and B cells. However, what we learned from COVID was is something called uh, molecular mimicry, where mm -hmm. an another stress trigger. So let's say I got COVID or something, and then eight weeks later, you know, most of it's gone, and I pick up smoking, or I go train too hard, or I'm eating too much gluten, anything that could trigger the body, it can kick those TMB cell activity back up again, okay, and and keep it going. So you can carry symptoms of your primary condition, even if the primary condition has gone. So I just want people to understand that your body, your immune cells, when you stress out, they upregulate, particularly in women, because women have superior immune systems than men, right? In the battle of the sexes, women are king. Women don't get the cold or flu like men do, okay? Men in every country, language, culture, color, doesn't matter. There's a term for the man flu right? Because androgens in men suppress T and B cell activity. T and B lymphocytes have more estrogen receptor sites. This is going to be important, gentlemen. So guess what happens when you simulate menopause, you activate them. When they go estrogen dominant, you activate them, right? It's going to come back to estrogen. That's why 80% of autoimmune sufferers are women, <clears throat> right? Yep. And so understanding that the immune system, when it has perceived stress, whether it's real or perceived, meaning that I can think worried thoughts and activate my immune system. I want people to understand that. Chronic fear and worry can give you an autoimmune disorder. They've, they've looked at the research and they can go the other way too. It can be, um, you know, autoimmune disorder gives you fear and worry, or if you stay fear and worry, you can get an autoimmune disorder. It goes back and forth. Yeah. So, but I think it was important ahead. to tie that in because now we've got, how does because a lot of our people train you know and so a lot of people listen they're like okay how do we tie that in so now we've got the immune system overactivated from someone who's been you know over dieting over training overthinking over you know all these things mm. so now that you have kind of recognized that i guess what are a few symptoms that you say okay this isn't just weight loss resistance this is over active immune disorder 
So let's start here. Any of you have maybe trained a lot and then one day you train just a little too much. Maybe, maybe because you're in a fight in your relationship, so you're not sleeping as much. Maybe you decide, to, you know, your macros, you try to just eat junk food. You, you add in a chemical stressor on top of your physical stressor. Do you understand what I'm saying? So yeah. everybody can understand this principle because all of a sudden, what are the first symptoms you have? You're swollen. You're a little fatigued. You, you don't feel like you're getting the sleep tired. that you should be getting. Tired, brain fog. What else does that feel like? That feels like you're sick. Remember when you're starting to get sick? Anybody ever, you know, we should in here have all gotten sick. And there's that couple of days where we're like, oh, I don't, I just don't, I don't feel good. My energy's drained. I feel a little inflamed, right? Because the same physiologic process is happening inside of you when you get sick mm -hmm. as when you push it too hard for too long. Mm -hmm. Is this making sense? Mm -hmm. Right? So... <clears throat> So what's important in that is that everyone can start to understand that ironically, the symptoms of overactive immune disorder begin the same for someone who's just really stressed out. Because when you get really stressed out, you're not stressed because you don't feel like crap because of cortisol. You feel like crap because cortisol activated your immune system. Oh, it's not the cortisol that does it. What makes you feel bad? What creates inflammation from stress? Your immune system. Yeah. High cortisol doesn't ruin your body, right? It's not bad. So what is creating the inflammation? Well, when your cortisol goes really high, you're activating your immune system. Okay. You're putting it in an overdrive. Okay. How many of you have ever studied for finals or gotten really stressed out and you, you didn't get sick at all? And then finally the event was over and you finally slept for 36 hours and then you felt like you had the cold the next day? Yeah. Come on, somebody in here knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's because your immune system was so overactive. And then when you finally, it was over and you surrendered and you were done and you slept it out, your immune system crashed, letting you get sick. You see what I'm saying? So that's what creates these symptoms. And everyone can relate to that on a humanistic level, which is why I wanted to start there. So now we kind of have an understanding of where it starts. The problem is when individuals have too many stressors hitting them at once, and this is why even someone, obese individuals, obesity, cardiometabolic disease is an immunological condition. I want people to understand that because you get something called lipotoxicity. It starts recruiting your lymphocytes to grab free fat. Fat is growing so fat in your, fast in your body, your body can't store it fast enough. So lymphocytes have to go grab them and try to store them somewhere. That's how they get in your liver. That's what fatty liver is. T and B cells are grabbing fat, storing it in the liver because it's got to shove it somewhere. The, so uh, every ahead, please too. Fat cells actually do have um, communication with the immune system as well via the adipokines, right? That's right. Adipokines. Yeah, you you skipped right to it. The adipokines. Uh, I'm now blanking on it. Adipokines. Yeah, yeah. it's a weird word. <laughs> yeah, and so, so then, yeah, so there's that. What you're saying, basically, so for our listeners, is that. There is mismanagement of allostatic load over time and intersection of various stressors, whether they're perceived or real. And then what you're saying is that the immune system is sort of like a like a core processor, like like that controls like all other systems of the body. So yes. when we're seeing diseases, these diseases are actually symptoms of something wrong at the core, yes. which would make sense because the immune system does regulate inflammation, and the inflammation can then impact insulin resistance. Yes. PCOS, hypothyroidism, adrenal insufficiency, all that stuff. Yes. Okay. You got it. So when people think that they're falling apart, you know, when people get really stressed out, 
then their shoulder hurts. Then they're not breathing funny. Then they're getting hypo hyperglycemia. Then their hair is shedding. It's like, oh, am I dealing with five different issues at once? No. They all the root is the immune system. Hmm. You're dealing with one problem at the core. The problem is that that core issue is being caused by your lifestyle, other triggers that are inside yourself. And then the next part, this is when it starts to get more serious and chronic, right? I would argue that 80% of gut issues, you, everyone will notice this on the call. I notice this. Everybody comes into me and says they have all these food sensitivities. And then I clear their gut and I make them healthier. And guess what? They can eat all the food again. <laughs> so do you think they had the problem with the food or was their immune system just really pissed off and started reacting to things? And then once you calmed it down, everything went to normal. The latter. Right. 80% yeah. right. of your immune system is where, gentlemen? Gut. The gut. So where do you think you're going to see ex experience issues first? Gut. The gut. What is the commonality between almost every issue that comes in the door? Gut issues. Gut. You see? So ultimately right. speaking, this is what I want people to understand. So, I mean, I think we've done a good job of tying a lot of this together so far. So now, you know, Jeff Black's question was about senescent cells. How do we get from the immune over, you know, the TMB cells are overactive. How do we get to senescent cells, what they do, and how is the immune system causing these cells to be senescent or not communicate well with hormones? How does mm. autophagy come in? How do we move to the next step here um, for our listeners? Yeah. So there, this next part has about four or five different pathways. Mm -hmm. uh, I am creating a mastermind that I get very specific based on the conditions and how that pathway occurs in somebody. Okay. Um, so I don't, I don't want to overcomplicate it. Okay. Sure. Give in us this program, but what, what, I, what I will tell you how this works. <clears throat> so let me give an example, chronic inflammation at the site of anything. Okay. When, when inflammation gets formed, Cells begin to experience cell death at a faster rate. So as inflammation rises, cells start to reproduce faster. Okay. That's why inflammation is not a bad thing at first, right? Like sure. you need inflammation to grow muscle. You need inflammation to grow bone. To right? heal, heal cuts. Wounds, heal. Everything. Inflammation is not bad and stress is not bad, right? They are the nutrients required to stay healthy and survive and grow. But what happens is when that message gets over sped up, when it gets hyper focused in a key area what begins to happen and when we talk about tmb cell lymphocytes what begins to happen is in these areas where there's overactivity of the immune system those cells begin to hyper uh um divide when a cell hyper divides its telomere gets shorter and shorter and shorter now a telomere this is where it gets into a longer conversation i want people to understand Think of if people are interested if if you've ever gone to anybody, if people are watching the video on this, I'm pointing to the um, the wrinkles in my hands and people try to say that the wrinkles in your hands will tell you your lifespan, right? Like, uh, you know, you've, you've heard that before, right? Yeah, well, sure. think of your telomere as the length of it is the lifespan of your cell. Okay. Okay. And every time when a cell divides, the telomere, that's the chromosome, essentially the end of it is a telomere, has to unroll and think of it like a USB port that plugs itself into mRNA and gives the copy to make a copy of another cell. So when it when you unplug the USB from the computer, every time that USB gets shorter. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. And you lose some of the data. All right. And now this, this is particularly up by inflammation. Yes. This is particularly bad when you have multiple triggers happening at one time. 
All right. So let me explain that. Let me give you a scenario where this might make sense. I get COVID, but I'm also on birth control. Okay. So birth control lowers a woman's Treg cells. Treg are the things that regulate your immune system. T-regulated, that's T-reg, Treg. They calm down. You ever had a group of friends where one's the uppity one and likes to fight, and then the other one's like the one that calms everything down? If the women are listening, that would be the mom of the group, right? Well, if you don't have a mom, if you have less moms because you're on birth control, and the research is clear on this, then you're going to have people, you're going to be starting fights all the time, okay? So it, let's say I get COVID, and, I, and I'm on birth control, and I have less regulator cells, that means that those T and B cells are going to keep creating memory cells and they're going to keep fighting in an area they don't need to be. Think of like bed sores. That's what a bed sore is. You're laying on your arm too long or your leg too long. It, the inflammation activates the immune cells and they just keep breaking down collagen and keep breaking down collagen. It's like an autoimmune disorder and then bacteria gets in there and makes it worse. This happens inside your body. It's called immunosenescence. So T and B cells... They, the telomere gets to the end because of major trauma happening a lot. And now they sit in there and they become um, a zombie cell, which is like basically um, a copy of a copy of a copy that now is deformed and it's calling for an Uber to be picked up out of the system. Mm -hmm. Well, how does it call for an Uber to be picked up out of the system? Inflammation. So now every cell, just so you know in your body, thousands of cells are being cleaned out of your body every single day. If that process gets impacted by even 1%, every single day you start collecting up 1% more senescent cells inside your body. There is currently no way to take a chunk of your body and figure out how much of those were senescent cells until you die. We see it in heart attacks. Heart attacks are actually cardiomyocytes that turn senescent in a particular area of your vascular system. And then they get so damaged, they split apart, which creates a cardiometabolic infarction or a stroke. Huh. But the first thing that did it was senescent cell buildup. But we don't talk about that. So long story short, it starts slowing down the conveyor belt inside your body. You start building up more senescent cells, which are releasing more inflammation. That inflammation pisses off the T and B cells. So they make more and it turns into two, two, um, Type A people winding each other up, right? Yeah. Imagine me talking to me, right? <laughs> right. So the what happens is it creates a cytokine storm inside the body. Now, people would say to me, well, Vince, if this has happened, this happens, you clearly could just look in somebody's blood work and see it. Well, guess what? Do you know that only 20% of leukocyte activity is in the bloodstream? It, your immune system is primarily in your tissues. It is not in your blood, right? Which is why most of the medical gray cannot be explained by regular blood work. However, you can know it by its footprint, by looking at a GI map, by looking at a Dutch test, by looking at an MRT. And you can get some clues by genetics testing because our new advanced genetics testing can identify certain gene traits that if you have certain symptoms, it's a greater high degree of likelihood that you have this condition. And it's not just, I don't know how to eat correctly. Right. Because we don't want to just say everyone's got OID because that's that would be predatory and untrue to this. Yeah. So people who have immune disorders like myself, I have psoriasis. I've had psoriasis since I was like 16 years old. So I, I know very well um, how to manage stress. And it shows on my skin when I get overly stressed, when the allostatic load gets too much over time. Yeah. Right. 
So people with Crohn's, right? People with um, Hashimoto's, psoriasis, you know, they understand this. So mm-hmm. a lot of treatments um, that are prescribed in the medical community for people like myself are treatments like TNF-alpha blockers, um, yes. you know, Humira, Stellara, Remicade. A lot of them now now are IL cytokine suppressors, yes. Yeah. And, and yeah. now you can get different biologics that are more specific to the pathway that your immune system runs on. Exactly. So now with, with these drugs, hypothetically speaking, if we had a client or a patient or whatever that was, you know, in this situation where they had an overactive immune disorder, would a drug like that calm the system and shut the switches off and sort of reset them? So the, the, the issue, and I don't, I, if drugs need to be intervened for a temporary period of time, you know, Hey, all the power to you. We don't want to say drugs are bad. They, they have a place. The problem is, is that no drug can be pathway specific exclusively. So what happens is you shut down other pathways, just like a lot of drugs do that then make your immune system weaker. So part of the issue is you don't want to shut down inflammation all the way. They did studies. Who was I talking to? Uh, I was talking to, um, Lane Norton. We were, we were, it was, and, and then, uh, and then I also saw some of the, he had posted on it later. We were, and, and, uh, and then he just did a video on this older people. This is interesting. Older people who train and use ibuprofen showed greater, hype, um, uh, collagen synth- protein synthesis than people who didn't take ibuprofen, but then younger people mm-hmm. who took ibuprofen, actually it caused, uh, uh, protein breakdown, meaning that they didn't build the muscle. We didn't see the gains. Mm-hmm. So what we, what, what do we understand, Jeff, is that there's a sweet spot of amount of inflammation that should be at your body at different stages of your life. When you use TNF alpha blockers, what is TNF alpha? This is the problem. It is produced when your body makes ATP. So when your mitochondria produce energy, it releases TNF alpha. So if you suppress TNF alpha, you suppress energy metabolism. Does that make sense a little bit? The, the process. So, and you shut down other pathways. So now people are more likely to get sick. Now people won't respond. It won't develop as much muscle in the gym. Now people, there's all these secondary little ripple effects that are unintended that over time build up to bigger issues. Now it's always a cost benefit analysis, right? So in some people it would make sense. But my argument is if we can shut down the pathway through nutrition, lifestyle, supplementation, if we can shut down the pathway without having to use a drug, what, how incredible would that be? And what I'm proving every single day is that it is possible. I'm taking on the hardest conditions known to mankind right now. And our success rate is 94%. Things that kill you, scleroderma, lipedema. Guys, sorry, it went down again. I apologize. We can just keep just going. Just keep going. Uh, I'll give it a second to cool down and I'll turn it back on. Lipedema. You're cool. Yeah, lipedema. Um you know, uh, Hashimoto's and they're, they're medication free right now. Does that mean they'll be able to stay medication free forever? Well, that depends on their lifestyle. And, and, and I'm telling you things trigger the immune system. That's why I don't like, I don't like people with AI conditions or a family history of AI conditions getting four or five vaccines. I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm saying you're going to trigger your immune system and it's going to show up where you already have a problem. Right. This is why anybody that has Hashimoto's or even if they have something as simple as, um, you know, like an eczema or they have one of these other uh, tissue based autoimmune conditions, 
if you take too many vaccines or you, you stress your body out too much, it can turn into Crohn's colitis. It can turn into something way more severe, right? Um, and that's my concern and why I'm bringing up OID, starting at weight loss resistance and then relating it all the way to autoimmune. My argument is people who cannot lose weight have an undiagnosed autoimmune condition called OID. Okay, let's go back to- uh, I was, Yeah, I was gonna ask, what is the role of- um uh autophagy and fasting and removing those zombie cells i think we gotta, I think we gotta do a little bit more of the senescent cells real quick all right yeah, well, we go ahead um my understanding vince and correct me where i'm wrong here uh so these senescent cells for the listeners two major problems with them that i understand number one they're stuck burning uh sugars only and number two the androgen receptors around them no longer really speak i'm sorry the hormone receptors no longer really speak so now you have right. hormone resistance and a cell is only searching for sugars yeah so correct uncorrect is that then kind of the heart of the problem of the weight loss resistance then um and then what do we do about removing these senescent cells yeah so okay so senescent cells again they are pro-inflammatory cells and they dysregulate immunological function and especially if it's immune cells so there's a whole field of, of, of medicine that looks at immunosenescence. It's been researched, but they only talk about it in people that are 75 or above and they're missing it. Again, what did I just tell you about research participants? So our own intelligent ignorance that goes, oh, it's only in old people. So we'll only study it in old people. Baloney, we're seeing it in kids as, as young as three now, right? So it's, it's, at, it's, it's, it's getting faster and more aggressive. And if we don't take it seriously, more and more people are just going to be showing up with unexplained symptoms that they can't see in blood work. And we all see it growing. And that's why I'm trying to raise the alarm because people are going to think it, diagnose it by its symptom, and they're not going to solve the root problem. So senescent cells cannot be detoxed, meaning you can't flush them out, right? They are your cells. Your body must metabolize them, okay? The problem with metabolizing these cells is when they're really inflamed, it's just like inflamed fat. Your body does not like to break down inflamed tissue. You have to get rid of the inflammation to help it break down those tissues, right? There's a couple reasons for this. One of them, when you talk about, if we go back to weight loss resistance, because not everyone with OID has weight loss resistance, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, there are plenty of people with autoimmune conditions that have overactive immune systems that don't have weight management issues. They will later in life, I believe, because it will eventually turn um, there's a whole field of biology called immunometabolism. And when your immune system, your TMB cells run on glucose glycolysis. And the problem is, I don't know if people realize this, but to make M2 macrophages, which are the ones that go clean up senescent cells, they run on fatty acid oxidation. So if you can't burn fat, you're not going to make enough M2 macrophages that yeah. clean up and resolve inflammation and you're going to leave unresolved inflammation, senescent cells, TMB lymphocytes that should have been cleaned out of the body. And now they're just sitting in there, hanging out, making you a sprinkler of inflammation. That's why a lot of people are sitting there going, I'm not even doing nothing, Jay. I'm, I'm eating clean. I, yep. I couldn't eat any cleaner. I'm living this amazing life. I'm, I'm even meditating and nothing because the secondary immune system is now the problem. It's not what caused it. It could have been the gluten. It could have been the EBV. It could have been the Lyme. It could have been, you know, trauma from your mom at four. Like 
I, there are a lot of reasons that this can happen, but once the secondary immune system becomes over-recruited, it is now the main problem and nothing else can be solved. So you can remove the gluten all you want. The problems are going to come back. You can improve your diet all you want. The problem's going to come back. And we're seeing it more and more and more. And I'm very afraid post-COVID, post-this birth control um, experiment we've had, 92% of all childbearing age women have been on hormonal birth control at least once. And we have no idea what that means long-term for our society. And I say shame on us for just free-willingly test our women in that way. Um, but it is what it is, you know? Um, we did the best we could with what we had. I don't blame any one person. So the you're going to see this continue to get worse and worse and worse and worse. And that's why every coach, once they've been a coach for a year, they're now e emailing, messaging me, being like, what am I looking at? Yeah. Everyone else is telling me I'm crazy. Like, you know, the CICO warriors online are being like, no, this isn't real. You're, you know, it's whatever. And if we keep playing that game, there is a significant amount of people that are going to get no treatment. Yeah, but who, yeah, but who gives a fuck about playing with the Warriors and all that of online? You know your shit, and that's what we're here to collect. Yeah, uh, because you know it deep and out, and everyone respects you for it because you're pioneering yeah. away. Jay, what were and you going to say about me? That? I'm talking about everyone coming up, all the coaches that are new. That what? Because what they're going to do? Where do you think these people are going? They're going to coaching, and ninety percent of coaches have no idea how to deal with this. No, no and so idea. what they do? What do they do? They train them harder. They, they cut their calories more. They make it worse. Dieting, this is what I want people to understand. If you don't diet with an expert, you speed up OID years mm -hmm. because you're making it worse, right? This is, the, this is why my argument, when you look at most of the world and you wonder why we have so much more fat, you could say it's our calories. You could say it's our food. Mm -mm. It's our diet culture. Every time that you diet the wrong way, you slow your metabolism a little bit more and a little bit more. And we are the worst in America at dieting all the time, using products. We're five times worse than any other country. So people don't want to admit it, but it's the way we diet is the reason that we're so overweight. Okay, yeah. let, me, let me bring this back, <clears throat> back around now again. So the macrophages can't be, can't be processed because we're no longer burning fat. We're, yeah. we're burning sugar. So the macrophages then can't come in and remove the senescent cells. You're not making enough of them because you're not in fatty acid oxidation. Correct. You'll know this is what happens in obese individuals because their insulin's high, sugars are high. They're not switching into AMPK. Your yeah. body all day long is supposed to go from mTOR, which is sugar burning, to AMPK, which is fat burning. Fat burning. Even when you sure. eat food. When I yep. eat food, I should burn fat. Yeah. That so process gets messed up because of immunosenescence and what's called immunometabolism. Okay, so the, if we cannot remove these senescent cells, then we have hormone resistance. We have issues with, I guess, fat oxidation, all these different things. Mm. And so well, I guess to explain that, the hormone insensitivity thing is that when your inflammation is high enough in your body, your receptors start to denature. They can't receive yeah, all they the can't hormone. Hear anything. Right. They can't hear it. And that's important yeah. for people to understand that's a real thing because I can make you feel amazing. Your hormones stay the same. I, you know, sensitivity is more important than level. If I don't get the inflammation out first and we're just slapping hormones in there, Agreed. right? we're just making you a watery mess because we ain't done nothing. Yeah, which is why the flush well, is important. And so, and so that I believe leads us into autophagy because yeah. technically the body should do it on its own if you're healthy. I mean, weight training does it. 
Um, right. So autophagy is not this thing that the body doesn't do. It's that it mm. gets, it gets down regulated or it can't do its thing because of fatty acid oxidation can't be done. So now you're not clearing out these senescent cells. So then <clears throat> is this where it comes in and you have to get people fat adapted? You have to go in with fasting and, and push autophagy harder because the body is no longer doing it efficiently. So this is where I want to go to Jeff's point. This is where I'm going to tie Jeff in, but go ahead. Okay. Yeah. You so go first. I think an easy way for our listeners to, to understand this is that, you know, if you're a bodybuilder out there and you're pushing food and you're feeling more inflamed and your digestion's going, your skin's getting greasy, just feel gross. Right. right? And then all of a sudden you diet. I, I, it, it happens to me like when I diet and I'm in prep and I'm leaning down, I'm also eating a lot more fruits and vegetables too. Right. So a lot of more micronutrients, right. A lot of fiber and everything. But I feel just cleaner, more energy. I'm drinking more water because I'm not eating as much food. And my insulin sensitivity is getting better. My skin gets better when I get lean. That's why, you know, Jason, for, for years, you know, I would complain to you every time we would push food up, right? I'd be like, oh, I feel gross. And I tell you, you were inflamed and toxic. And I was inflamed. And, and you know, this past year, I also took time off from PEDs because the PEDs weren't even working anymore because yes. my body was so inflamed. So I had to, like, cut everything, well, lose they won't pounds, yeah. and then go back up. So, Vince, your point it's very true. When you're inflamed, you pile hormones on, ain't going to do shit. It just makes you unhealthier. And right. then at some point, you have to have a caloric deficit. But I guess the question then is, Vince, to your yeah. point, because dieting incorrectly can be an OID trigger in itself, right. like you said. So it's like, when do you implement this calorie deficit? Well, here's, the, here's Jeff, to your point. This is the danger. Diet-adapted individuals, people that are overstressed, and underfed, which is turning into more of America than, than the other. I want to be clear. We all think that everyone's just obese and just sitting around. And there is a portion, there's a really big portion of the population is that I don't want to take away from them. But there's this growing population of overstressed, overactive, underfed, right? Maybe they're not even overactive in terms of movement, but they're like stress moving, stress working, doing whatever. Jeff, to your point though, this is what ties in everything, whether you have classic OID or not. What I want everyone to understand is the 4F process that I founded over 15 years ago, right? When you, when you start with a flush, there are some people, Jason, that don't need where we get into what we're about to talk about. Majority of people, literally, if they back off the stress, they flush their body, they start eating. Uh, diet variation is the important thing, by the way, because diet variation is what people don't understand. Monotonous diets are what piss the immune system off more than anything. If you don't eat variation in your diet, then you reduce your microbiome diversity. When you reduce your microbiome diversity, you create immunological upregulation, right? right? So like, that's why if you eat chicken and rice every day, I guarantee you chicken rice is going to become a problem later because your body's going to get pissed. You've stripped your, your lining and it's like, they're not bad foods inherently. So a lot of people just need to start by, by reducing in like the normal things that we would do. You're actually calming immunological function. So we don't have to jump to this like, oh my God, I have these symptoms Vince was talking about. I need to like go do all this crazy stuff. No, start with the fundamentals because you're actually working the immune system. It's all OID, but there's a level of OID where it gets so severe that you need to get into specialized treatment, right? And I would argue that's, that's only about, you know, 20% of people that are suffering from these issues, right? Um, and that's to Jeff's point, right? We can still start with the normal stuff and you're still working the immune system because it all de-escalates the inflammation and TMB cell activity. But I want everyone to understand 
it's not just about working the thyroid or this or that. You're actually working the immune system every single step. That's why I founded the word OID, overactive immune disorder, because everything's immune. And now that we understand that we can all agree, and as we work on different things, we know what we're doing. I think that's important. Um, now, it, if it's so bad to the point, and, and this is where diet adaption becomes a problem, to Jeff's point, the hardest people to fix in the world, Jeff, are people who are sick and have practiced repetitive dieting their whole life. Mm -hmm. Because there's a similar program, well, it's, it doesn't do what I do, but I've got a couple doctors that are close to what I do. And they work on the elderly, Jeff, who did not grow up in diet culture. And do you know all they need to do with these people that have these severe conditions and autoimmune disorders? Do you know all I have to do is clean up their diet, maybe have them switch to paleo or keto for a little while or carnivore, maybe intermittent fast them a little bit, and then all of a sudden their lives are changed. Mm -hmm. But with our clients, it, it's it, no, you got to do so much more because when you diet the wrong way too often, here's the key. Your body learns what you're doing and it will figure a way to keep you in a sugar burning state, even in a caloric deficit. It will keep you in a sugar burning state, even with your training. It will keep you in a sugar burning state, even when you're eating primarily fats, because its job is to survive. It is stressed out. It wants glucose for immediate energy, for survival. It does not give a shit about how you feel. And it does not give a shit about making you happy and helping you lose weight. You know, and so when we complete or keep dieting the wrong way too often, too extreme or whatever, and we don't do the right reverses, this is the problem. When a woman diets and then she rebounds real bad, guess what goes high? Estrogen. Guess what you pissed off? The immune system. And they didn't get the leptin to return from the fat gain. When you gain fat too rapidly, leptin doesn't come with it. And when leptin doesn't come with it, you don't have the same fat burning potential you did before you dieted, right? So that's where the hormone insensitivity comes in. But people that are sitting with a really large amount of senescent cells, and there's a lot of inflammation in the body, and you don't have enough M2 cells to go clean them all up like Pac-Man, <clears throat> now you're screwed. There's nothing that you can do. You can make yourself feel a little bit better. You can switch your diet. These people, they'll switch their diet and then feel like crap in two weeks again. They get random hair shedding. They get random anxiety. They're, they're random chronic on and off gut issues. Maybe had SIBO. They called SIBO before. Um, their blood work may come back normal or they may have a positive ANA, but they don't know what it's to. Like what disease is that ANA for? They don't know. These individuals uh, have massive brain fog. Uh, they're usually pretty swollen. Their stress resilience has gone through the roof, meaning that a glass of spilt milk makes, sets them off, right? Um, and they're dealing with all these issues and then usually their weight loss ability has slowed down, right? And even if they lose weight, they don't lose fat. They just get skinny fat right? Hormone therapy doesn't seem to work on them. And anytime that they start feeling a little bit better in a health program, they immediately going back to feel like worse or even worse than they felt before. And it seems like it just, they can't shake it. Those individuals have OID. And that's where I'm hoping the future of coaching, that's why I'm trying to revolutionize this industry. I want coaches to know what they're dealing with because right now in each coach's program, at least 10 to 15% of their clients have OID and they don't know it. And that's the problem. So from there, Jason, there are different ways that you can utilize systems of autophagy. Autophagy is self-cleaning, but I do not want any idiot coach listening or young coach, let's say that, going out, playing in the world of, autoph of autophagy without knowing what they're doing because they will injure clients. This is where it gets challenging, right? Learning about appropriate forms of keto. If they've never dieted before, you don't even need to do that. You could do carnivore, you can do paleo, you get rid of most plants for a little while, 
plant toxins, then you can reintroduce plants. Diet variation is another way to induce autophagy. So it's like if I switch to a totally different new food source, it will reduce inflammation and help your body get rid of some of that fat. Is that needed on a daily basis, a weekly basis, monthly basis? How do you gauge that? Uh, diet variation would depend on the severity of the client. So if you change the diet and within seven days, they feel like crap again, that means you need to do it before seven days. Got it. Right. Mm -hmm. Now there's another way to, we have a whole method to teach on that. There are many different ways to do diet variation. Um, but that's why the flush works so well. Sure. Um, because it is, it's totally different than the foods you've been seeing. And so that resets the immune system in a way, which is why I love it, which is why it's effective. Mm -hmm. But if you are an experienced coach, and you know how to take people into deep autophagy. Uh, many ways of doing that would be um, keto. Another way would be intermittent fasting. Um, another way would be simulated fasting. Mm -hmm. But remember, if you've never learned, learned to feed your body, if you've never fed it up, autophagy ain't going to work in your body because you're too diet adapted. Yep. So you can go ahead and, and, and only eat one meal a day. You can go ahead and beat the hell out of yourself in the cardio in the, in the uh, gym and, and eating nothing. You can go ahead and eat all the fats and the proteins and you want, and it's not going to budge. Mm -hmm. and, the, and, and so that's why people, if they just jump into fasting and they don't actually do the things that shock the immune system first, it won't work. It'll yep. eat out all their muscle. This is the danger. We've all seen it where people are dieting and they're trying to feel better and all they're doing is eating their muscle out from underneath them. And then that makes them gain weight faster. <clears throat> which is my argument, gentlemen, why the average American is gaining weight at an accelerated rate and, and calorie intake is still roughly the same. Um, you know, we are living in a diet culture. So what's happening? Yes, they're a little less active. Mm -hmm. But why are people, when they're losing weight today, losing more muscle than they are fat on average? Because that's what's happening. Why? It's because of their immune system has messed up the insulin, leptin, hormone resistance process. So people are starting to burn more muscle when they lose weight than fat, which sets them up for more weight gain, more immunological upregulation. And that's why people should take a functional approach to their weight loss. Because if they get rid of inflammation and they calm the immune system, when they lose weight, they'll lose more fat. And the likelihood of something coming back is very minimal. Yeah. So I hope that I, I know it's, it's a, I am creating a mastermind and it is over 50 fucking modules, excuse my language, because to really explain this on a cellular biological level hmm. took me five years of doing nothing but visiting practices and, and doing deep dives with my medical team. And, and like, it's, it's taken over my life the last five years and I'm glad I did it because I've been able to solve things that the medical system says was impossible. And we're doing it every day now. Vince, I have a question. So with your with your flush, you know, I understand how it works, right? So, um, you know, at a very basic level, you're reducing inflammation, you are quelling the glucagon response, the cortisol response, assuming you're also pulling down activity and working lifestyle stressors and all that, increasing bowel movement, motility, digestion, all that. So a lot of that's going to calm the immune system down and, and kind of relieve that inflammatory yeah. response. And then you increase insulin sensitivity. So then what I've done before was I'll flip into a, a traditional keto where yeah. fats are pretty high, like let's say 70% fats, 30% uh. protein. And then after that, I'll flip it to like a La McDonald's uh, protein sparing modified fast where the fats are very low and we're going high protein now because they're not, they're no longer converting that protein over to glucose. 
Now, after that, you have to ramp out because you can't keep somebody on protein nope. veggies, 800 nope. calories or whatever, which is basically, a, you know, fasting without, you know, not doing real fasting, which is just water, right? So it's a modified fast. Now, what is your success rate in terms of what are you seeing in terms of long-term success? Because obviously it's the the after-after that matters in our industry, right? So are these people maintaining you know, a calm immune system after your, your program, or are you seeing rebounds when they return back to their lifestyles after this diet? So there's a difference between OID and the OID program. So okay. many people that would have overactive immune systems, 80% of them, 70% of them, if they go through something like you were talking about, Jeff, they should have great result results. And if they maintain a healthy lifestyle, um, there should be no problem there. Um, you know, again, I, I do recommend, you know, annual either keto or a little bit of intermittent fasting just to induce yeah. a little bit of autophagy yearly. Uh, yeah. there, are, there are multiple different ways of doing that. We, we teach that. Uh, however, if people go through keto and autophagy and they've not calmed their immune system enough, then they didn't get those immune cells out. Yeah. And so in 20% of those people, it will come back, Right particularly if they've got, they've got something non-self in them or they engage in a lifestyle that keeps triggering it, like competition, like breast implants, like metal amalgams in the mouth, right? These things are all immunological irritants, right? So those individuals are gonna be at more of a higher risk. It does not mean, FYI, 85% of breast implant illness is not breast implant illness. It's OID that doesn't like the foreign body of the breasts, yeah. right? And, and this is where things get crazy. Uh, I'm going to tell you this, uh, another one, Lyme's disease, chronic Lyme, guess what? Not Lyme, OID. Chronic EBV, guess what? Not EBV, Lyme, or it's uh, OID. This is what I, I want people to understand because we're chasing this one bad guy and it's not whatever the symptom diagnosis was. It's the secondary, now new root cause, which is the immune system. And so that's why, uh, Jeff, I've got all my coaches that I've certified underneath it are under NDA right now. And I've got such a lot type price process on this that I'm going to release a mastermind on because if you don't follow certain steps and you don't get to the microbiome and you don't get to the immune system and you don't clear enough of it out, it comes back. You know, it would be like SIBO or something where you don't get enough of it out. Guess what? Coming back. And so that's why I'm so kind of like involved in the creation of the systems that are going to train it to the future coaches. Because Vince, can you tell people, or is that protected under your system? How, I mean, other than looking at inflammation in the stomach, the, you know, the face, how do you know that it's totally gone? I mean, you can't test it in the, you can't test it really in the uh, lab work. There's nothing on um, much really. I mean, I can think of one maybe marker, but there are there are there are about five or six proprietary markers that you can look at to know if, if a lot of it's gone. Gone. Okay. Um, yeah, and and or, or at least to know that to a high percent chance, yeah, you you've 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 reduced it. Now you you know, these people may be living lifestyles where it's like, all right, I'll have to tune you up again later. I know what you're how you're gonna choose to live. Some people it's acceptable collateral damage, like top pros. I fixed a lot of top pros, but they're not going to quit competing. And they yeah. got those breast implants and it's like, all right, and we're going to keep taking the gear. It's like, yep. I get it, but you're going to piss shit off again. And that's okay. You know, as long as we know, and you've, you've signed up and you accept what that is, is some women should get their breast implants out, but it's just so important 
To prevent OID, by the way, women need to get the breasts out every eight years. The FDA just came out and said at least it's 10 years. They used to say it was 20 years. I'm telling you the best thing you can do for your female clients with breast implants, tell them to get them out every eight years. It will protect against BII or OID. Yeah. I've learned that. Team's just getting hers out, I think, next week. Who is? Breast- uh, one, of my, one of my mentees slash oh, clients. Okay. She's getting her implants out. She's had them for about eight years. Vince, aren't there... Um, Aren't there special tests that you can get to test, like, you know, the different um, cytokines? I mean, obviously there's CRP, which is more well. Yeah, but But if for CRP, LDN, uh, or LDH, um, um, the CBC, um, uh, you know, ANA. um, Yeah, KNK, IKK, TNF-alpha, you can test all those. You, you, You can. Yeah. But the, but that does not live and those are so like the TNF alpha is such a you would have to be this is what I'm saying. It's the same thing with white blood cell activity. They're so, so variable too. It's like right. So you for you to for, for you, if you guys know the relevant range between white blood cells and your leukocytes and lymphocytes, like if you look at the relevant range on a CBC, yeah, you would have to be so sick a lot of times for it to show up yeah. active. You would have to have 10 times the leukocyte production, all you need is 10% higher over five years. That's why chronic disease builds, but it will, it will not show up in your blood work. It's sitting in your body and it's building slowly. And it's not going to be enough to present like direct illness. It's different to have the colder flu where 10 times the production is being uh, produced. So it shows up in your bloodstream versus your immune system slowly getting faster and faster and senescent cells building up inside of your body. Now, upon if you die and they do a autopsy, they can go in there and find senescent cells. But there's no other way to really check right now how much senescent cell buildup you have. And that's why every human being for longevity, this is why they, the biohacking community, they get some things right, but then they go really left and <laughs> it becomes problematic. Oh, we're going with it though. Yeah. Annual processes of, if you want to throw in some metformin, if, if you, if you, you, you want to use a little bit of rampamycin. If you want to, um, it, you know, you want to get into ketosis. If you're, if you think plants are bad and you want to go carnivore or, you know, if you think, if you think meat's bad and you want to go, you know, or you want to maybe be keto or you want to go vegan or whatever and go low calorie. Some people go high fat vegan or something like that. The, the issue with that is if you stay in AMPK, you can get as much disease. In fact, in fact, did you guys know in women over the age of 70, women that are overweight outlive women that are underweight because you become a fall risk because you become an osteopenic, mm-hmm. you know? So like these guys, like Dr. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to call some names out right now, but when you talk about um, Mark Hyman, you know, and you talk about some of these doctors that have gone so far left <clears throat> of, of balanced because they're buying into this biohacking stuff. Even, you know, I mean, what's the head of biohacking community? What's his name? Um, you got me. Oh, Dave Asprey. Yeah, Asprey. Have you looked at these guys lately? Yeah, I know. They, they look like they have cancer, yet they're trying to prevent cancer, right? Because the truth is, and this is why this is important for coaches to be the ones to tell people this. The truth is mTOR, bodybuilding, and AMPK, fasting and keto, can exist in, in the same space at the same time, and it's called variation, yep. and it's called deloading, and it's called periodization. And these guys over there in the other world, the scientists, the doctors, they know nothing about the mTOR world. Guess who does? Bodybuilders, mm-hmm. fitness coaches. 
We own the mTOR space. We understand how to harness it, control it, and use it correctly, which is why the future of fast feasting and the future of what I'm saying, OID, resides in a coach's hand or a functional practitioner's hand, not Mark Hyman, uh, who is, who, you know, is just, he looks so unhealthy. If that's what health is, I'll die young. I'm good. Like, I, I'm sorry. I don't want to be just disrespectful, but he's bought so far into his own stuff in his echo chamber that he's, he's not, you can tell where people fall off the rails. We need both, we need both right? I mean, we need both. It would make sense to do, you know, some fast mimicking dieting, you know, two, three times a year, maybe four or five days of it. Um, but it, wouldn't that, I mean, it just mimics how our ancestors ate. I mean, they, they starved and then they fasted and then, and then they had, you know, it was feast or famine. Uh, I mean, that's how they yep. did it. Right. I mean, they'd kill a big kill and you, mm-hmm. you gorge yourself with protein or whatever else. And then after that, you were on nuts and berries probably for a month. Yeah. But as the heads of this community, like I, I really feel like I've brought this to the coaching world and I need to be responsible for the messaging. Let me repeat. If you do not know how to feed yourself or be consistent in your life, everything that I just said is irrelevant, irrelevant to you. Don't even yep. listen to me. Yep. Don't, don't listen to a word that I said, because none of it matters to you if you don't know how to fundamentally take care of yourself. That's why you need a coach to start with the fundamentals. Coming back to what Jeff said, if you try to use anything that I just talked about, you will hurt yourself. If you do it with a client without starting with the basics, you will hurt them. And then I've created a proprietary system that uses some medical products that uses some supplements in a system that our success rate, Jeff is 94% and past one year is 88%. So I, so, so I'm working on something that I believe will change the coaching industry and, and, you know, with a little luck, um, maybe take it and have an impact in the medical field. Um, because we think we can take everything on now. Anything that is immunological, I'm taking it all on, just so everybody knows. Parkinson's, uh, uh, Osberger's. Um, we're trying our hand at everything because if we know that the immune system's involved and I know I can suppress the pathway, I might have a good shot. So we'll have more announcements coming soon. We teach a lot of this at our university. I know you all have that as well. Um, yeah, where can everybody get a hold of events? Uh, they can go to, you know, obviously um, metabolicmentoruniversity.com or they can go to my new website. It'll be out here soon, vincepitstick.com. It'll be focused on OID. Um, and then you can check out, you know, Vince Pitstick uh, on Instagram as well. Vince awesome. Pitstick. Well, dude, thank you for joining and chatting with us. I'm excited to see how OID I'm so sorry that my camera, my new setup, uh, my camera kept fine, overheating, dude. guys. Don't worry, man. Uh, but it is what it is. Yeah. This is really good. Yeah, thanks yeah, for joining us. Hopefully, it clears up the air on a lot. I of hope things. that was eye-opening and didn't just like, Mm-mm. you know. Well, I, I think we all tied it in pretty well. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I think who would, people that really care might have to listen to it twice, but but they should. Well, I yep, think it's absolutely. like it, it's a topic that's like so simple, but it's also so complex. Right. Yeah. When you get down yeah. to the science of it, but like you and I agreed, Vince. It's like when you're doing. Someone froze. Hello. Appreciate you. Yeah, that was weird as hell. 
I hope you got it recorded. Uh, I hope so too. We're about to find out. The internet just dropped over here. But anyway, Vince, thanks for taking the time to join us, my friend. <laughs> awesome. Peace. All right, guys. See awesome. y'all.